Introducing From the Glove Box, an automotive podcast with Mike and Tony Tadage, the father-son team and owners of Team T Automotive in Northern Indiana. Hey, this is Mike and Tony Tadich with you from the glove box. Uh, we're independent shop owners with our wives, Serena and Ann, in uh, northern Indiana, specifically the South Bend, Indiana area. Um, and we bring you this podcast, and uh, we've been in the automotive business 38 plus years. And we talk to you about general automotive tips, um, you know, questions. We take questions from people calling in. Uh, um, or, you know, popping in questions and stuff. So feel free to find us and, and send us in a question. Um, and then we just pick a few subjects uh, each uh, time to talk about and stuff. So how are you doing today, Tony? Fabulous. Tony is the uh, pick-me-up. You know, he's in, char- he's in charge of the rah-rah team, uh, the, uh, bringing enthusiasm to our teams. How do, you, how do you think he's doing? I have Dawn for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, so how you doing? How's the kids? Tony's got like a, like a whole house full of kids, you know, twins and, you know, three boys and a girl and all sorts of fun. They're keeping you busy. Oh yeah. They walk and talk in opposite directions and yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're definitely into zone defense now. So instead of being a man to man with two kids. I had a, a buddy of mine told me, somebody said, when you have twins, it's double the trouble. And he said, I had twins. He said, it's five times the trouble because uh, they do not go the same direction. I, I had think to, he used some uh, further uh, explicit could have, yeah, he could words have. in that. But he, uh, um, yeah, we had the privilege of watching him for a couple of days while Tony and his wife took a trip. And uh, it's a full-time job. Um, I uh, commend uh, my uh, daughter-in-law and Tony for uh, doing a good job with that. But It's uh, mainly your daughter-in-law. Well, I pretty aware of that i was trying to not i would try not to throw you out under the bus right in public in our podcast stuff so so you know here's our uh a subject we thought we try to think of different things are important and stuff so you know think about um buying a newer late model car brand new car and uh what should i what should i think about about servicing my car at the dealer dealer only maintenance or servicing it at an aftermarket, uh, you know, type of, uh, shop and stuff. So, um, you know, a lot of people think that maybe my car is under warranty for three years, 36,000 miles, and I've got to take it to the dealer exclusively for that. And that's definitely not true. You have to pick the right independent shop, anything that's warranty, anything that comes along with purchasing the car, maybe free oil changes or something are fine. But anything that you pay for out of pocket, um, you have the right as a consumer in the United States of America to take that car anywhere you choose. Um, You do not have to go back to that dealer for that. Um, And again, Tony and I belong to an independent shop organization with probably, you know, 700 owners and 11, 1200 service centers nationwide. So we stay in tune to uh, how that works. But what's your take on, uh, and we buy you know, new cars too. We have loaner cars and, you know, some of the cars in our families are newer and stuff. Uh, but what's your take on, uh, do I have to take it back to the dealer and, you know, what can my independent shop do for us? Uh, in my opinion, there's not a lot that you have to take back to the dealer. Um, if you find the right independent automotive service center. So 
obviously warranty work, you know, if you own a car that's got 19,000 miles on it and it's less than three years old and the engine fails and you need an engine, yeah, you're probably going to go back to the dealer to get that done for free. Um, you're not going to pay that out of pocket. The the thing um, that I've ran into with with successful people and, and people that are on strict timelines too is, you know, not always can that dealer service you in a timely manner. And the independent automotive group that we belong to teaches what's called a yes philosophy to where we try to get you in the door and get you taken care of right away and stuff. And not a lot of, not a lot of dealerships do that. So and I think, and I'll let you continue, but I think on that point last, or I read an article a couple of years back, but it, I think if, if uh, let's just use Chevy, they could probably only have the capacity to service about two cars out of 10 that they build yeah. roughly. That's why independent service centers, you know, exist and stuff, but go, go in, ahead. In, so I've actually had people that had a newer car that we were doing other stuff too. And they had something that was under warranty that we found and they chose to just have us fix it and pay it out of pocket because they didn't want to mess around with having to go to the dealership or wait or whatever that way. And they just needed to fix right then and there. So, you know, there's, there's stuff that we can do even that the dealer should do that, that we can do that way. We can't do it for free, obviously, but, um, you know, as far as other stuff goes, there may be, you know, uh, the man behind the curtain of this show, Brody, uh, and us were talking about, uh, uh, you know, maybe some specialty type of stuff on, on some European vehicles or, or Volkswagens or Audis and, and stuff that, that, you know, uh, somebody may think that, that an aftermarket shop doesn't have the tooling for. We have the tooling for 99.9% of everything that's out there. So there's, there's a small percentage of stuff that, that we can't form and quite honestly if you're going to that known good trusted shop that that you have a relationship with they will be up front and tell you when they shouldn't be handling something for you um so i in in my opinion i think gone are the times that you have to go to the dealer or do dealer only service for like i said 99.9 percent of the stuff that that is out there and I think picking a good service center like the, you know, like the organization we belong to in our shops, we, we work very hard on training. We just had, we have guys in training, gosh, it seems like almost every week, uh, whether it's online or going to classes and stuff to stay up on that. And I think the one factor, I overheard this at, a, at the counter at one of our shops uh, this summer. Um, and uh, one of our advisors was talking to a lady about servicing some uh, services on her maybe like a four-year-old Honda, um, like, you know, transmission flush and coolant and some other things. And she said to the, I overheard this and it was, it was really interesting. She said, well, it's funny. The dealer never told me that. And the advisor came back and I thought he really answered it very positively, very well to her. He said, well, I'm sorry they didn't. Here's why it's important. And I think here's, here's the point with this for your independent service center, like what, what Tony and ours family own and run, um, we're not in the new car business. So if you don't think that Ford or Chevy or Honda or Toyota or BMW or whatever wants attrition, they want that car to eventually wear out so you can buy a new car, then you're sadly mistaken because they do. It's, it's the reason that the three-year 36,000-mile warranty is the most popular 
not warranty, uh, lease, the three or 36,000 mile lease is the most important lease uh, and most used leases because they want to bring in that car in three years. So somebody else trades a six-year-old car on a three-year-old car and somebody else trades a nine-year-old car on a six-year-old car. So, and it sells them more cars. So your independent service center can service all these things. You can ask them the qualifying questions, you know, make sure that they can cover all the things we, we do at our shops and most of the, you know, friends of ours that we have across the country do that, but ask them about that. But your independent service center has no care to service, uh, sell you a new car. If you like the way a new car looks, drives, smells, whatever, then go buy it. If you want to make your five, 10 year old Honda, Toyota, Chevy, Ford last three, four, 500,000 miles, your independent service center like we have can help you with that. So that's a little bit about this seg- segment from Mike and Tony Tadich from the Glove Box. Hey, Mike and Tony Tadich back with you from the glove box and a question from a caller. We get these uh, periodically. And uh, this question was periodically like every episode. Well, yeah, that's true too. We got a lot of callers. I don't know what's the periodically mean. Like what's that time frame? I don't know. Just a period of time. It could be a day, a week, month, year. It could mean something different to you than what it means to me. Probably does. Probably does. So the caller says, hey, um, I want to have a daily driving car that uh, drive back and forth to work and weekends, whatever. And I want to spend about $15,000 on it, which we were discussing a little bit before this. Um, you know, it seemed like he used to be able to get a pretty decent used car for five grand or maybe less, maybe more. But at this point, you're buying a used car for $15,000. Let's say a, a new Honda Civic or a Camry or whatever's thirty. You're paying half. Um, what what should you be looking at? What should the modern consumer be checking out on this car uh, that they spent fifty percent of what a new one is? What 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 should they be checking out? And what's a good way for somebody to make I sure they're getting a good this car? Question in one sentence. Oh boy, I doubt it, but I can't. But I'm a multi sentence guy. But go I ahead, can. Tony. Take your car to your local reputable independent service center and have them perform what is called a used car safety inspection on it and get back to you with what the car's needs and everything are. So that way you can have it, uh, have all the ammunition and everything for what problems that car has before you buy the car. That was a run-on sentence. So it was really four sentences all wrapped up in a one, but I get the gist. Uh, but um, yeah, so pre-purchase inspection most every one of your independent service centers will do a pre-purchase inspection. You may pay a few bucks for that service. I don't know. You'd have to ask what they charge for that. But let them put it up on a hoist. Let them pull the wheels off it. Let them look underneath the car. Um, and let them do this full inspection for you. And if a dealer won't allow you to do that, I probably wouldn't buy that car. Most reputable dealers will allow you to do that. Or if, even an independent person that you're buying the car from. If they won't let you do that. Probably wouldn't buy the car. True. You could be buying something, you know, it's got a for sale sign out in somebody's front yard. So this allows... Believe it or not, a pre-purchase inspection is better than listening to the car fox. Yeah, that's true. So there are... uh, uh, Having them actually lay some eyes on it and stuff. And there's a lot of 
services, like Tony said, that you can check uh, historical data. But there's a lot of shops that don't report information of that. And there's a lot of shops that don't report accidents and other things to it. So it, it covers some of the things, but it, those, those uh, you know, Carfax types of things don't always cover um, everything and stuff. So, but what are we looking for when we, let's, let's just use it as, as, as professionals. What are we, what are we looking for when we bring a car into our shop? Um, so let's talk about what we don't have to look at, which is the quickest way to sell a car is to make sure it's clean, to make sure it's clean underneath the hood and to make sure it has new tires on it. So most cars that come in our shop for a pre-purchase inspection are exactly that. They're clean inside, clean underneath the hood, and they have newer tires on them. And, you know, very rarely on a pre-purchase inspection will we recommend tires. A lot of times what we do recommend is suspension issues, brake issues, um, maintenance type of concerns. Um, you know, it's it's very hard nowadays. Uh, uh, you don't have People that keep manila folders with all the uh, details and history of the records of the car. And quite honestly, so many cars are sold at auction and everything else that even if the customer did have that information and they went and traded it in and got a new vehicle and that car went to auction, you're not going to get that information. So, um, you know, we have to take it at face value. So a lot of times I tell people, if you bring a car in for a pre-purchase inspection, and I recommend every single fluid flush, a tune-up, and struts, you're probably buying a halfway decent car. So if the struts and shocks have been done, and all I'm recommending is tune-up and fluid flushes, you're buying an excellent car. Because it's hard for me to tell you, oh, that transmission fluid was flushed uh, 18 months ago and 12,000 miles ago. I can't, I can't tell you that just by looking at it. So most of the time we still end up recommending the fluid flushes. Um, you know, the things that really stand out on a pre-purchase inspection that, that we look for, we've all known of natural disasters and everything else like hurricanes and stuff like that. Um, we look for water lines on vehicles. We look for water lines on door panels. We look for water lines on the interior, stuff like that. There, there's different ways that we can tell if a car's been flooded or not. Um, we look for scaliness and rust-wise of frames. Um, you know, a lot of cars now, for some reason, there's certain manufacturers that are better than others and certain manufacturers that are worse than others are notorious for frames and subframes rusting out. So we're going to look at that type of stuff. If we notice, especially with us being in Indiana, if we notice that the car doesn't have any rust on it at all and it's like 10 years old, this car didn't come from here. This car came from somewhere else. So um, we we pay attention to things like that. So that way we can let the client know um, and they can be informed about the vehicle and its potential origins of where it came from and stuff. Um, you know, there's, there's just a multitude of different things that, that come into play with, with, you know, a used car safety inspection or pre-purchase inspection. And I think the inspection we do is around 60 different points that we check 61. out on the core 61. Okay. Um, and we just really check those things out to see, if you can pull previous history from the client or whoever had the car before, if they have maintenance records, that's a plus. But like Tony said, gosh, a lot of times you see a used car on a lot. You don't even see the owner's manual in the glove compartment anymore. So getting that information is tougher and tougher. 
we do have at times in our shops that maybe a customer selling their car and we know of another customer that, you know, is needs a car of this, you know, a $15,000 car or something. So we do, we do see that and try to pair them together that way. But I think the, I think the simple thing is, is have a, it's a big purchase. It's the second largest purchase in most everybody's household other than buying the house itself. So I think take some time. I mean, you wouldn't go buy a, a new, well, most people wouldn't. I know there's some changes, but most of the time we get a house inspected. Uh, we have due diligence. We do a lot of different things with that. And I would say you need to do the same thing with an automobile. You could you think that fifteen thousand dollars is a is a good amount of money to purchase a car, but I've seen a fifteen thousand dollar car come in our shops that still need five or ten thousand dollars worth of work. I've seen a fifteen thousand dollar car come in that needs fifteen thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, very true. So. so and and here's the thing, for fifteen thousand dollars. Well, some people may say that doesn't sound like a lot of money, and other people will say that sounds like a lot of money. Let me ask you this: if for even let's say $200, if you paid me $200 and I could save you from a $15,000 mistake, would you do that deal? Yeah, exactly. And, the, and I will say most pre-purchase inspections will not cost you $200. It'll probably cost you less than 100 bucks in most cases. So in, in a lot of places, run specials on them and everything. But, you know, if I can, if you've spent $200 and I could save you from a $15,000 mistake, you would do that deal all day long. So even if you went out and you had to spend, let's say $600 from a $15,000 mistake, meaning it took you three cars getting pre-purchase inspections done on before you found the fourth car that was good enough to buy, you'd probably still do the deal. Yeah, that's a good point. I think um, the things that I see that we find on pre in a pre-purchase, we either find if the car's overall pretty good, pretty well maintained. We find if it's a hunk of crap and needs something you shouldn't buy it. We also find that it may need this or that service that uh, you can go back to the dealer and either get them to repair that, or you bring it to us, get them to lower the price and bring it to us, and we'll fix it. I think if you wrap it all up. The pre-purchase uh, check over of a car is is a little bit of an insurance policy, ensuring that you uh, get a better, you know, get a, get a pretty decent car in that purchase. So that's Mike and Tony Tadich from the Glove Box. Driving the discussion today is brought to you by Auburn Gear. With Auburn Gear, you enjoy the top of the line American-made diffs. Our extensive lineup includes specialty models for your specific needs, from everyday driving to performance racing, hauling loads on the highway, or conquering the toughest trains. Auburn Gear has satisfied power enthusiasts for over 50 years. Visit AuburnGear.com for more. All right, Mike and Tony Tadich back with you from the glove box and our uh, segment of Driving the Discussion. Sponsored by our friends at Auburn Gear. Uh, Auburn Gear makes wonderful products for differentials and four-wheel drives and trucks and Jeeps and all sorts of different products, race cars and stuff like that. So check them out. Uh, uh, Google it anywhere. Auburn Gear, uh, great product, great Indiana, American-made products as well. So uh, good, good friends of the show for sure. So driving discussion is... Hey, I moved to a town or I 
dissatisfied with the shop I'm at, how do I, what's the signs to find a trustworthy shop? Um, so Tony, I mean, if you're, if you were sharing with people, uh, you know, and we, you know, we work really hard on making sure that ours are that way. But, uh, if somebody's not in South Bend, Indiana or the vicinity of where our shops are, where can, what signs or what can they find a trustworthy shop? You know, it's, it's funny. I was talking with a, actually a guy that, uh, uh, was trying to sell me some equipment, um, the other day and, and, uh, we were, we were talking about, um, when you first walk, uh, a potential employee through your shop, do they pay attention to the brand of your equipment or anything like that? And I said, you know, it's funny you ask that. I haven't thought about that for a while and I haven't been asked that, you know, what brand of equipment, what brand of scanners, that type of stuff do you own and, and stuff. And, and the only thing that I could come to is our shop's clean. Our shop's nice. The lights are bright. The wall paint's fresh. It's got good furniture in it. It's got clean floors. And, and the guy said, oh, he said, so they don't pay much attention to what exactly you have equipment wise because they pay attention to the fact that you're an owner that actually reinvests in his business. And it really made me think, and, and it made me think about the fact that that's probably what customers pay attention to too. They pay attention to the shop that is not, doesn't look like it's from the 1980s that the guy has to walk out with the red uh, shop towel in his back pocket and wipe his hand off before he shakes your hand. Well, that may be what some people look for. I think the vast majority of us look for a clean shop, a well-lit shop, a shop that you could take your wife or daughter to um, in, in that, that you could have uh, positivity going on that way. So I think, you know, while customers have perceptions of, of trustworthy shops and everything else, I think it's it's something that you have to look for a shop that's been well invested in. And I think that that portrayal is probably the first thing that that you could look for in a trustworthy shop. That's the that's the most, um, I guess, ocular thing that that you could see that way. Um, in in you know we could all go into oh do they do digital safety inspections? Do they do safety inspections? Do they show you pictures of their car? We can talk about all that type of stuff, but if you show up to the place and the place is grungy looking and you don't feel safe walking in the front door, it's definitely not a trustworthy shop in most cases. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point because to stay up with modern automobiles, if a, if a shop owner is not reinvesting in new equipment and, you know, just updating and sending guys to training, I know with us, we have a bonus system for all of our team members to that we pay for the training and we also bonus them on the training they go to and uh, because it's that important to us and most of the people that we associate with that own shops across the country do the same thing but i think that's a really good way any other thing you can google things you can do this you can do that and i'll tell you what but watch a shop that if you google them and they have 50 five-star reviews and no bad ones they probably bought a few of those um, so, you know, even our shops at 4.7, 4.8, but you know, just to be honest, you know, some, sometimes stuff goes a little sideways or sometimes somebody's not, you know, we don't make somebody happy and we have to work through that. So I think that's, that's an honest side of that also, um, cause there are ways to falsify that. I've noticed when I Google things, there's local banks that have absolutely no Google reviews 
why do you think that is? And they have a way of just controlling that and not having that show up, I believe. I've never dug into it, but it just came to mind. But I think that's one way. Um, word of mouth, obviously, a neighbor, a friend, a relative that tells you, hey, these guys are really trustworthy, goes down to see, you know, Susan and, and Tim down at the local shop and, you know, whatever that may be and stuff. But I think Tony's right. You know, seeing is believing. So walking in, how, do, how are you treated? Uh, that's another great thing. You know, is it is it like Tony says, is it the guy with the red rag in his back pocket that has to wipe it off to shake your hand? Or is it clean and well presented? And it doesn't have to be a brand new facility. It could be a two bay old gas station. That's We've got a really good friend that's out in the Boston area that runs in a wonderful clean two bay shop and does does great service out of that stuff. So it doesn't have to be some big Taj Mahal, but it does have to be clean. It has to be organized. Um, it has to, you know, think of a restaurant. If the, if the restaurant is dirty, nasty, the bathroom's a mess, um, the, you know, the people on the staff aren't courteous and stuff like that, you're probably not going to get good food either. So I think a lot of the things that Tony shared uh, are signs of that and stuff. Years in business, you know, uh, how many years of service that the technicians have on the staff, all those are important also. But man, I don't think something much more than uh, a good, uh, you know, good conversation and a, a good view of that, uh, how people are treated going in there, whether they're, you know, you know, green, yellow, purple, female, male, doesn't really matter. I mean, it should be welcoming to all walks of life as well and stuff. But if you feel comfortable and it looks like a good, reliable shop and it's maybe recommended by a friend or relative, I think all those pieces are are important anything else that you would have to add to that like, like i said you can you know you can go into the inspection side you can go into all that type of stuff but i think i think the biggest thing with a good trustworthy shop is is you got to give them a chance more than once so you can't just go and get one oil change done and know that that's the trustworthy shop or that that's not the trustworthy shop we're human we make mistakes. All of us that own a shop, uh, we're we're not uh, we're not going to be perfect on your first try. Sometimes um, we may be perfect on your second or third try, and we may be perfect three out of four times. But maybe that first try you came in and we weren't perfect. And and I think I think if you're going to find that good trustworthy shop, that relationship's built over at least a year's time. Anymore, that's maybe two to three visits. So you're going to take your car in two to three times if you have one car, maybe up to six times if you have two cars. Um, in, in, you know, I think you got to give that shop a year to be able to really figure that out. I think you need to do your homework. In today's day and age, pretty easy to do homework on a business. So um, do your homework, find a place that you want to go to, stick with that place, give them a year. And if it doesn't work out after a year, then move on to the next one. That's a really good point and stuff. So I think those are a lot of good tips. Uh, if you have specialty vehicles, make sure that they can uh, service all makes, all models and stuff. But that's our driving to discussion segment sponsored by Auburn Gear. And this is Mike and Tony Tadich from the Glove Box. Hey, this is uh, father and son team, Mike and Tony Tadich. Uh, just want to thank you for hanging out with us again today. So you got anything to wrap up, Tony? It's uh, uh, shutting the glove box time. So 
We'll see you next time on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Make sure you're here for our next one. Have a question for Mike and Tony? Call it in at 888-201-0858. This podcast is brought to you by TMT Automotive and Momentum Drives Marketing.